Luke 14, 25-33. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is able to, not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first? And consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The word of God for the people of God. So this morning, I want to start out a little bit different. I'm going to start out with a poll from you all this morning. And in just a moment, not quite yet, I want you to raise your hands if, when you sign up for a new service or newsletter or app, you always read the fine print. And before you raise your hands, I'm talking consistently, not just scrolling to the bottom of the page so that you can hit accept. Do you really read it all the time? Go ahead and answer. Raise your hand if you read the fine print consistently. All right. So judging by the number of hands not raised, I would imagine that I'm not alone, and that is okay. I ran across this funny example of fine print that nobody usually reads, but somebody did one time, and they pointed it out. It's from Subway, from Subway Sandwich, and it was after it was added after somebody complained that their foot-long sandwich only measured to 11 inches. Here's what the fine print says. With regards to the size of the bread and calling it a foot-long, Subway foot-long is a registered trademark as a descriptive name for the subs sold in Subway restaurants and not intended to be a measurement of length. So this makes me wonder what other things I've signed up for in the past that I haven't even realized, or what things I thought were supposed to be a thing, but turns out they were actually something different. While the fine print is annoying and time-consuming, and it takes a lot of energy to get through, as Jill would know, something that fine print does well is help us to understand exactly what we are getting ourselves into. It shows us the cost that comes beyond the initial marketing of something. Both of our passages today, they point to the commitment that we must have similarly to sign up for something. And that something in both of these passages is discipleship, is being a follower of Jesus. In the first scripture from Philemon, Paul writes a personal letter to his friend Philemon, and in it he challenges those who believe to step out of their comfort zones, to do things that are against the status quo. And this, Paul says, leads to the people tearing down the walls that divide them. This is the fine print. Paul urges people to ask those tough questions about the walls that have been built up and the walls that we refuse to tear. 
Church, what are the ways that we separate ourselves from others? How have our minds remained closed because of the walls that we've built to divide? How does our fear, our status, our relationships, how do those things hinder us from coming together from a spirit of open-mindedness? Through Jesus, our call is to be leaders in change, leaders in lessening the divide that is present now between God and God's people all of God's people, and that divide, if we're being honest, we really put there in the first place. Our call is to be leaders in lessening that divide. So when we listen to Paul's letter, we can imagine ourselves being a hearer of it for the first time when it was written. Many of those listening to that letter were probably thinking, wait, I did not sign up for this. This wasn't in the commercial. I just wanted to be a better person, or help people, or do a good deed, or learn from somebody smarter than me. But again, this letter, it begins to lay out the fine print, the true commitment that we're making when we say we want to follow God. Moving on to our gospel passage today from Luke, it's another challenging one. Jesus, as we know, is no stranger to challenging words. He's great at making sometimes seemingly offensive statements and provocative ones and bold statements too. And today he does that again. Jesus asks his people, among other things, for which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Jesus wants to know, in other words, why none of them read the fine print. Wouldn't you want to know what you signed up for before you committed to it? Jesus asks. He reads them the fine print here. You're going to have to give up a lot of the things that used to be normal to you. A lot of the things that you've been doing for generations are going to change. You will change. If you're still on board after me saying this to you, follow me. But don't say that I didn't warn you of the risk and the sacrifice that being a disciple is going to be. Being a disciple is not easy, we learn in this passage and through both passages. It's something that we have to constantly invest in, to plan for, to say yes to again and again. And Jesus encouraged his followers to say yes, to commit to the work, and then to go out on the journey alongside Jesus and actually do the work. It was a big ask from Jesus then, and it's a big ask from him now. It was costly, it was dangerous, it was countercultural. And still, the ask from Jesus was for his followers to invest and to commit to radical love which is at the nature of Jesus' plan, of his vision. There is a cost to this kind of radical love because it's just that. It's radical. People will not understand it. People will maybe think you're going off the deep end a little bit. People will think you might be a little bit irrational, aren't thinking clearly. Jesus warns us that that might happen. We might receive pushback. 
by our community, by our fellow church folk, by our denomination, perhaps. And Jesus lets us know that there is a cost to radical love. There is a cost to letting a new vision run its course in the world and in the church. And through his story, amidst the cost, amidst the challenging pieces of this, we know that the benefit far outweighs the cost, any cost, because love can never be overpowered. Not by life, not by persecution, and not even by death. And so what does this mean for us today? It means a few things. And the first thing that I think of is this idea of open minds. Today we've centered our worship experience around this theme of open-mindedness. Through the gospel, we are being invited to just that, to open our minds to all that being a follower of Jesus entails, all that being the church entails. We are being invited to see past all the commercialization and the blurry visioned ideals of church that we know so that God's vision can be renewed and revealed and restored. Today, as I mentioned earlier, right after worship, we're gonna be meeting in the parlor for an opportunity to do that together. We're going to be listening to one another and sharing stories and learning about all the beautiful ways this church has impacted all of you. Through this time of listening, your pastors and your staff are going to be listening for common themes that come into that space, for ways that our stories tie together from past to present to future. And then in the next month or so, we will be constructing a vision statement to present for Mission Hills United Methodist Church. This will be an affirmation of who we are and who we want our church to be. And then the best part about that is that we then get to be that church. We are being given permission to say yes, to know that now is our time to be resurrection people. People whose minds are open to the possibilities of God's new church. If you're able to, I really want to invite you to be a part of that time with us whether this is your first Sunday or whether you've been coming here again for decades, know that your story is valid and vital and meaningful to capture. Jesus lays out the challenges to us today through Paul's letter and through the gospel. He tells us it will be different. It will be messy. It will change the ways that you are used to doing things. And it is our only option. Because we have said yes to this important invitation, Jesus reminds us that we will never be the same. And that, friends, is our good news. So I want to invite you into these questions that we asked before. What are the ways we separate ourselves from others? How have our minds remained closed because of walls that we've built to divide? How does our fear, our status, our relationships hinder us from coming together?
from a spirit of open-mindedness. And here are some new questions for you to think through. How is Mission Hills United Methodist Church needed right now? How do we want to be known in the next one, three, or five years? Who do we need to reach? And if it is not through Sunday morning worship, how will we reach them? And the final question, and maybe the most important one, how are you being called to be a leader and an advocate in this new time for our church? Friends, our scriptures today are urging us to take seriously the call to following God. We are being urged to not take lightly the sacrifice, the cost, or the risk. We are being warned like a commercial for a new medication of the side effects that we may experience. And amidst the fine print, Jesus reminds us all that we, the resurrection people, have no choice but to embark, knowing that our being as people of God resides in the place between tradition and newness, resides in the place between risk and reward, and resides in the place between sacrifice and resurrection. So I'll leave you with this. You have read the fine print, and now is your chance to sign on the dotted line, to scroll to the bottom and hit accept, knowing the risks and knowing the rewards, to grace, to transformation, and to being the church that we are. Let us pray. God of wholeness and truth, you challenge us to be the church for all of your people. You challenge us through your word to remember our identity as beloved children of God. Help us to recognize the opportunities you give us to love, to grow, and to challenge ourselves. We thank you for your wisdom and your divine revelation. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.